Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast once again from me, Mark Woods. Thanks so much as always for spending your time with us. Hope you're well on this big weekend for GB Women and for those teams still standing in the BBL trophy. All the fun of the NBA trading deadline this past week. You don't forget, you can get my twice weekly columns on who's hot and who's not in the association with smart betting tips at Smarkets. Just search for Smarkets as S Markets betting news and head to the NBA pages. Of course, if you want to keep up to date with British basketball and everything else, you can look at MVP's social channels on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for the MVP cast. Now, I guess this week is one of our biggest names, big and tall, big in stature, um, GB's International, who is back in the WBBL playing for the Durham Palinates, or Palinates, depending how you want to pronounce it, whether you're Latin speaking or not. She is the majestic Harriet Otwell Silsby. Welcome to the MVP cast. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, you're, you're a multilingual. How do you pronounce Durham's team name? I say Durham Palatinates. We'll go with that, but we'll not say it again. I always, <laughs> I always think every time when I was commentating in Durham in the past, I, I sort of mumbled the... Uh, the second word and then just went with Durham for the rest of the game which is, is probably the safer option um you're back back in familiar terrain after you started oh, yeah. starting the season in Liège in Belgium of course you know mm-hmm. German top tier last year with Germany that the two years before that so the obvious question why are you back in Durham why am I back yeah do you know what if you'd have asked me at the start of the season I would never have believed you that I would end up in Durham um but uh, unfortunately, even though Liège was a really great situation for me, they did have some money problems. Um, a sponsor, unfortunately, pulled out. Um, and it was pretty obvious from the start of the season that at some point they were going to have to make some changes just because of money stuff. And at Christmas, they unfortunately had to pull all the professionals in and just say, we can't guarantee your salary. Um, so although I really like the coach, I really like the team, um, I did have to start looking at new teams. Um, but at the same time, I'd just been looking casually at um, job job openings and seeing that there was a job opening at Durham University um, as an international student recruiter, which involved a lot of traveling, which involved me also being in Durham. And I connected with Lee and, and asked if there was a spot for me if I ended up getting the job. And I did. So here I am. <laughs> but the good part of this is a bit of globetrotting involved still. You know, so you're not, you're not quite def- you know, confined to base. Yeah. So uh, my official title is International Officer for Europe, UK International Schools and um, Gulf Countries. So I basically get to travel all over those regions um, recruiting students. So next week I'll be in Amsterdam and then Germany. In a few weeks time I will be in Turkey and I also get to go to places like Oxford and Cambridge a lot in the UK. So very exciting. I mean, it's not a hard sales pitch when you got Durham. Durham's lovely. I've been there. I, I have to say the only time I played Durham in basketball we won, and I believe Dave Forrester in Newcastle. <laughs> Grandy may have been on that team. He likes to think he was. Um, what what what's the pitch to get you know people to come to the leafy spires of 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 Durham? Yeah, well, for international students in particular, they want to have a really proper traditional British experience, and Durham is that. You know, we've got the cathedral, which they've seen in Harry Potter. 
Um, we've got, you know, the countryside with the beaches in Newcastle. We're kind of out of the hustle and bustle in London. So it's a very safe area. Um, and of course, the university has the rankings as well. So for me, having gone here as a student, it was kind of a no brainer. And I, I love being able to sell it. What's, I mean, for you, someone who did your master's there and you did politics, international relations, and but you also got to play basketball. And, you know, back in the days when it was a bit easier for for universities to run basketball clubs as a sideline because you know, since then visas have changed, it's, it gets more complicated. But what what for you was the main perk of, of being able to do the post-grad, but also play hoops? For me, it was like I got to do all of my loves. Like, I felt like after going to college in America, I'd only just, like, started to find my passion. So for me, being able to dive deeper into that but also get to play basketball at the, you know, UK's number one team sport university was kind of a perfect situation for me. And what a lot of people don't know is that my dad's side of the family is from Newcastle. So it was really nice to kind of get in touch with those side of my roots, which I hadn't previously been able to. Because you, your family's quite, you know, you know, you're a high achieving family, I think, you know, some of the posts. Um, but you were, let's start with the journey. The journey started in the Netherlands. Um, explain the birth birth situation um well i've got a lot to thank my mum for for that i didn't really do much myself <laughs> um but yes i was born in holland my dad worked for um, a shipping company in holland at the time um, but i actually only spent a few weeks there and then we moved to italy we moved to milan so my formative years until i was four were spent in milan um before we then moved to germany uh, where my dad got a job working for a uh, german cruise ship company and we moved around in there. We moved to Berlin, which is where I started playing basketball. And then I moved to Loughborough. My parents moved to Italy again. Um, and now they are actually back in Germany um, in the meantime. So that's been nice. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, you, you officially became German. I did indeed. Um, I never thought I would have to because I thought England would possibly stay European. Um, but because I had lived in Germany as a child and because I then returned to play professional, I was eligible to get a German passport. So I am now British in German. I took um, a language test and I also took a citizenship test um, and passed both of those. Make, make most of us feel inadequate. How many languages do you speak fluently? <laughs> I, so I only speak two languages fluently. My dad on the other half, on the other hand, speaks about six, um, which during COVID time, when I um, actually did move back in with my parents, I would wake up at 8 a.m. and my dad would be on meetings and he'd be flipping through all the different languages. Um, but I just speak English and German flu fluently. And then I've got basics in like Spanish, Italian um, and some French now after being in Belgium. <laughs> well, what was that like, that sort of slightly itinerant? lifestyle as a kid i mean it just it sounds so incredibly glamorous uh, yeah i mean it was the norm for me i didn't realize that people stayed in one place for more than four years to be honest um but it has really set me up in life and um you know the basketball lifestyle of signing a nine-month contract and then going to a different team that is quite tough but because we just moved so much and because I just saw my parents, how easy it was for them to pack up and just move on. And they, they were able to stay in touch with people, but they're also able to easily build new connections. So that really showed me that um, moving is a great thing and it can be daunting, but it's actually 
uh, creating so many new and exciting opportunities. So um, it's it's really built my character, and I'm very grateful for it. How do you, in the midst of art, the kind of flip side is being slightly rootless in the sense of you know home can be mm-hmm. many different places or you know people in a sense. Yeah. And how did you find that sense of connection? I don't know if it's to family or to place. You know, while being yeah. effectively an expat. Yeah, honestly, that has been quite difficult. But I always say home is where my parents are. Um, they're really great. I speak to them every day. Um, but it, but it is tough. Honestly, I think it was quite hard when I first moved to England because at the time I sounded a bit more English than I do. But I was sort of grew up in British culture, but I'd never lived in England, and I didn't get a lot of the cultural references. So that was very, very odd for me. Um, but now I just like to think that I'm European um, and I, yeah, but that is, it's definitely a question of identity is, has definitely been a topic of mine for a while. Um. <laughs> Were you more than, you know, I suppose for all of us who felt that way, was it, was it a bit of a knock for you? I mean, talk about getting the German passport, you know, Brexit comes along and suddenly it's kind of all this sort of simplicity of being European evaporated overnight I mean particularly for someone who's yeah. you know, lived about the place does it kind of feel a bit disconcerting of that to have that break or that just that I don't know loosening of those ties yeah I mean for me it was honestly quite heartbreaking and I, and I did struggle with my identity then because I I'd always benefited from the European Union I considered myself a European citizen so when kind of Britain which I've always felt is more my home despite not having lived here as long um kind of knowing that some people didn't feel that way or didn't want other people to have that connection was quite sad um but now that i do have both citizenships um i do feel like i can flip-flop and be a chameleon um and but it is strange because my brothers don't actually have a german passport so it's just myself and my parents and that's a weird thing your family being different nationalities good thing is that you can go on a better passport queue than your brothers think of the perks yeah. Um, you're back yeah. at Durham, but it's you know, a reunion with Lee Davy. I mean, you just you, you can't can't get away from the man. I know there's no escape <laughs> for him, poor guy. <laughs> I, and I remember, like a few years ago, I was yeah, I was commentating on the the, the trophy final, um, and that day there was there was it was a panning of the television cameras to you. Um, you were stretching, and I gather that that was something that to this day, coming back, you're still not allowed to let you know live down. This is one thing that I had to talk to Lee about before I agreed to come back. I was like, Lee, you have to tell me about the warm-ups. What is going on here? Because he would always put in the most, they're not ridiculous stretches. They're probably very good for me. But with my long limbs, they were very difficult to do. And he would always tell me that I was not taking the stretching routine seriously enough. Um, and it would be this big whole team fight or like joking around session thing. And this one time at the trophy finals, it was televised, me struggling to do inchworms with my hamstrings. Um, but he has since taken that out of the warm up. So no one will have to witness me trying to do that this season. <laughs> and you escape. And that all as well. I mind did. Is calm. <laughs> um, yes. You've had the two or the, the two seasons in Germany and sort of lower tier. Then you get the top tier. I know, obviously, we know what a good mm-hmm. league it is, and we know what the what a great setup German basketballs developed. And um, how did that develop you more as a player? You know, having that consistent level of competition. Yeah, I mean, the German league is very strong, and actually, the the team that I played for in the second division, 
uh, they were relegated to the second division the year that I came and part of me coming was to get us promoted to the first division again which we got promoted to the first division again but then covid rules they decided not to let anyone go up so every time people like oh you're in a lower division I'm like well the north division is not actually that low um but I did have a great time in Germany and getting to play for my two coaches there um really helped develop me and especially because in Germany I felt very comfortable I felt very at home so like the mental side of things um were definitely uh more relaxed for me um but I played against sorry is there a style difference of German basketball um I don't think so but I think like a lot of the post players are very similar to me like it was a very good matchup like we everyone kind of ran the floor well moved very well and it was less sort of like back to basket move so I got to develop that game a lot my face-up stuff I could do some more um but yeah I don't think there's that much of a style thing I think it's just in Germany all of the teams are competitive like from first place to 13th you never know who's going to win on the day which is somewhat sim- like somewhat similar to WBBL but you know there are a few gaps in the league and in Germany that's just not the case how do you or you know when you, you you praise it now and you're back in this league and obviously you knew what it was like before and things have improved yeah there's been you know yeah. some oh, improvements yeah. around the WBBL in your absence what's the biggest mm-hmm. learning do you think now that you know the league is tr- you know Again, trying to make baby steps, but trying to make steps to improve itself. What's the biggest thing that we can learn from how it works in Germany? I don't know. I mean, I think it's all very similar. We've got the basis of everything that we need here. Um, I think possibly Germany is more um, like as a country, they're more invested in basketball. Whereas I think the basketball community within, within England is very strong and very supportive. Outside of kind of the basketball community, there's not so much support. Whereas in Germany, obviously football is still the number one sport, but basketball is very close behind it. Um, and even if you're not really a super fan, you're, you're interested in it, you'll kind of check the scores, stuff like that. Um, and it would just be great if in England, more people who might not be avid fans were still kind of interested. I think that would really promote the game. Do you feel like particularly Germany where the, the sporting ecosystem is driven by local facilities and every town has a proper facility and it's it's looked after and it's nurtured in a way that increasingly we don't see in the UK do you feel that women's sport over there is perhaps benefits from that because there's there's been more of a equality of opportunity perhaps for longer yeah um definitely having the facilities is good i think that like a lot of the time in england you do have to struggle for like court time with other sports for example whereas in germany like a lot of the time your sports hall is just for basketball so you don't really have to struggle for that and you're able to you know have more girls teams or women's teams that are attached to your program so you can develop your talent Um, whereas not all teams are able to do that just logistics logistics wise over here with with your own development, I mean, you you left home quite early, fourteen years of age, to go, and you went to Loughborough. And this was the days before Charnwood had a sort of separate program under the the riders' um, oversight. Um, yeah. Why so early, and what was that like? Yeah, so I I just needed something to do in the summer. I ended up going to a summer camp at Burley. It was just advertised on the internet. 
um, I ended up going and at the end of the week, they're like, well, how would you feel about moving here? There's a boarding house attached to the school. And I was like, oh, actually, like, why not? So in the span of like three weeks, we suddenly decided that I was going to move from Germany to England, um, which was a bit crazy. Uh, but it, it was really cool because I'd only been playing basketball for a year at that point, And it was kind of, you know, the deciding factor of like, OK, yes, I am going to take this seriously. I am somewhat talented at it and this could go somewhere. Um, so kind of going into that vi- environment, going into a school where they trained every day, if not twice a day, was really cool. But it was also quite difficult because at the time they didn't have Charmwood. Um, there wasn't any support for me at the boarding house. And in that sense, it was very difficult because the boarding house just didn't really understand my needs. Uh, so actually, my mom came to Loughborough and had a conversation with Matthew Harbour, who's now Matthew Pitkin. Um, and he must have been, uh, do you know what? He was so young. He must have been 26 at the time. And she basically said to him, if you want her to stay here, you're going to have to look after her. You're going to have to find a solution where she, you know, is fed properly, gets her sleep, is rested. Um, and Matt took it upon himself to, to change my situation, um, to have me you know, living with the the uni students who were kind of looking out for me, have me training with them full time um, and making sure everything with my academics was fine at the same time. So uh, he was a really huge part of my development there. Was would, I mean, these things can shape you, particularly at that kind of age. I mean, <clears throat> is it one of those situations where, you know, that adversity does make you stronger? Oh, 100%. I definitely had to grow up at a very young age. Um, and that was great, not just for my basketball, but also just, you know, life skills um, and learning from the team that they, that we had at the time. You know, it was when the Bratka twins were there. It was when, like, Rianne Bailey was there, um, Jordan Elliott King. Like, we had such a good squad. So learning from them every day was was huge and, and really shaped the player that I am today. With with that sort of growth, I mean, you, you, obviously the talent was there and you got into England under 16 team, get silver at the Euros, you got under 18, same again, silver at the Euros. Did you feel that the, that pathway beyond Loughborough, beyond that, that setup was there? I mean, did you, you know, because we always talk about, you know, particularly now the GB programmes, it's great they're all back and it's great the funding's been found. But did it feel like a seamless pathway or did it feel like something like well you know we can pluck you out of this or you know there's that disconnect at times i think for me because i was at loughborough which is already like set up to be a high performance Mm. environment it was pretty seamless for me and i was very fortunate that you know i was part of the um tests like talented athlete scheme so i was like very well looked after in terms of um training weightlifting stuff like that so for me i felt it was pretty seamless but i know for a lot of people in my age group they didn't have the luxuries that i did what's with you I mean obviously you played for gb under 20 as well um what now it's back and we're great you know we said it's great it's coming back what's the biggest thing you think at that age group i mean someone that played you know a little bit at senior level but what's the big takeaway when you get that experience and just at that point where you're yeah, trying to turn professional or you're looking you know, to college or whatever it is to, you know, to your next step. Yeah, so I think England basketball is definitely a bubble. Everyone kind of knows everyone, which is great. I love the community here. 
Um, but when you go away to these international competitions, you get to play against some really top competition. You get to see how you size up against them. And you kind of get a reality, t- uh, reality check at times of how good European basketball is and the level that you need to get to to compete against them. So I think that's really the most amazing thing about playing internationally is the people that you get to play against. Do you think there's also that we kind of undervalue at times? I mean, you know, we, t- we look a lot at wins and losses and we look about you know player development. But I've often found, you know, when I've, I've been covering those tournaments, I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of junior tournaments that the life experience is possibly the biggest part of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been to places that I never thought I would ever go to through basketball. So getting to travel, getting to experience new cultures, um that's that's a huge part of it too what's what's been your sort of method you know when you hopped you know lafayette obviously you went there to to university which is near philly and Mm -hmm. that's a kind of constant place and you know colleges vary in terms of how much they develop you while they're looking for the Mm -hmm. wins and losses but what what was your thinking as someone who's very european and you know Mm -hmm. and has opportunities to live in different countries why go to america because it doesn't in your case seem the absolute obvious choice yeah um so i just i think at the time when i was looking at universities um america is still the big basketball place um and although i did consider staying in england and i did consider at some point coming back um there's no other culture like the US for basketball. I mean, you can't escape it. Everyone is interested in you. Everyone cares about um, the record. Everyone cares about, you know, if you beat the rival team. Um, And that is honestly what really attracted me to go to America. And Lafayette is also a a pretty high academic school too. So the fact that I could kind of still continue my academics, still continue my basketball and just kind of get a new experience, which is so different to any of the European countries I've ever lived in, that was um, huge for me what did it teach you most about yourself having to you know go far from home and you know again test yourself in an environment which is is new and exciting but different oh i learned so many lessons in those four years um honestly i think that a lot of people will have had a similar experience with college basketball it's they really push you to your limits Um, And I felt a lot of the time like I didn't have any control and I couldn't really say no, you know, they would put a workout 5am and you had to go to it. Um, And I think now I've really learned how to listen to my body, know when to say no, know what is good for me and and what isn't good for me, stuff like that. And just really take care of myself, not just off the court, uh, on the court, but also off the court. It's Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, I know you went to see the Eagles when you were in in Philly. Yes. Um, oh, I'm what, happy you brought this up. What's your Super Bowl <laughs> knowledge like? Oh, I'm an Eagles fan through and through. <laughs> but they won the Super Bowl the year after I graduated. I was still a fan when I went there, even though they were awful. So you'll be so will you be up late wagon. this weekend, you know, sort of rooting <sighs> against the Chiefs. Yeah, don't tell my boss because I do have to fly out on uh, Monday. But I will probably stay up quite late on Sunday to watch the game. <laughs> but will you flag at 1am? That's the question, because that's yeah. generally what I do. Yeah, I'm very fortunate that my housemate is actually she's from Florida, but her family's originally from Philly. So we realised that we're both Eagles fans, so we'll try to keep each other up. But she's also like 
um, mid fifties or so. So <laughs> we'll see if we can keep each other up. But will there be cheese steaks? Oh, probably not cheese steaks. Definitely <laughs> some chips and dips. You, you, when you were in Philly, you, you tried all those other sports. What was the was was American football the favorite, or you know what was the what was the big thing? I presume you'll have done some Sixers games. Yeah, yeah, I definitely I was more into the NFL stuff. The Sixers never really excited me just because they were never very good mm. when I was there. So I didn't go as, to as many basketball games as I should have, especially because I have quite a few friends that work for them. Um, but I did go to a few games. I went to some hockey, some uh, some hockey games, the Flyers, which was really cool, uh, very aggressive. Um, mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I also got very into volleyball too, men's and women's, which I didn't really know existed before I went over to America either. So that was that was really fun. So give us a score prediction for Sunday. Oh, I think it's going to be very evenly matched. I'm nervous. I can't lie, but of course <laughs> I got to go with the Eagles. So I, yeah, I don't have a score. Oh, I don't know. I'm going Eagles by six. There you go. Still by six okay yeah <laughs> i want to give them a bit more i'll go by 14. okay well yeah so it's only patrick Mahomes on the other side but that's fine i know um, i know <laughs> it would be fun um back to basketball um gb senior level um i was looking at the stats today and obviously friendlies are, are never you know chronicled that well but you had the one appearance at eurobasket 15. It was, how many games around that did you play um, I could not recall a number for you, um, because it was quite a long ago, but I think, was that the game we played against Russia? Yeah, so it was one appearance, two minutes. Yeah, yeah. You were yeah. only 19 at the time. Um, yeah, yeah. and it, of course everyone wants to play, but I mean, Hearth, what was that experience like to be at a you know, major tournament at that age? Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um. I I got we had a really good team that year and the fact that I got to be around them and also play against like really good teams or you know train at least um, against those teams is really cool. I will say that is the one tournament that I have ever been drug tested at and that was a whole experience in itself. <laughs> um, the peeing in the bucket. Yes, though I was I walked into this bathroom and it had mirrors everywhere. Like it was such an intense testing facility. Like there were mirrors on the floor, on the side, on the top. So that's my biggest memory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is Did, all that? Um, but yeah, was it was it was a certain thrill of that because obviously you know it's Russia. They're a superpower in in, yeah. in basketball. Oh, I mean, yeah. you get you get the call to go on the floor. You know, it's a, it's a short cameo. But what was what's going through your mind? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely hectic, and and um, I didn't expect to be called in, obviously, but you just have to kind of go in and do what you can. You know, people aren't expecting you to do great things. So you just got to focus on, you know, setting a good screen, getting a rebound, stuff that you can control. So that's kind of what I try to focus on when I go on the court, anyways. I mean, that now is it's, it's almost eight years ago, and you wait again. You know, there hasn't been a GB appearance since. I mean. Is there a level of disappointment that that window opened and shut so quickly? Yeah, I mean, I think you always want to play for your country. I'm very proud to be British and, and proud to have done so much in, at the youth team. Um, so obviously I would love to play for GB, but I understand that at my position there's such good talent um, and they've been playing so well that 
Um, I just want the team to do well. Do you hope that you know, maybe that that call might come if you play well? Because you know, there's people reti- retiring as Anya Stewart calling it quits, as you know, as we understand it after this weekend. You know, others are in their you know, end stage of their career, um, still playing incredibly well. But are you? Do you kind of hope? Do you you know, want those conversations? Do you, you know, when a when a, a window's coming up? Do you go mm, maybe maybe it's my turn? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love to have that conversation. Um, but obviously now that, um, this year I'm working anyways, I would need to have a conversation with, um, you know, time in advance to be able to get time off work and stuff. Um, so I don't know, we'll see what happens. Um, I would definitely love to, you know, have a conversation with GB, but, um, I just wish the team all the best and we'll be rooting for them today either way. So, (laughs) Chema, if you're listening. We have we have some. Um, last couple of things. I mean, you're obviously, you're on your travels again next week, and you know your Instagram is is fabulous, and it you know it's it's like um, it's it's cool. There you go. It's the kind of Instagram we all dream of, in terms of glamorous locations and traveling around the world. If you haven't seen it, Harriet's it's Harriet OS one, and it's worth a follow. And um, what's the favorite place? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I've got very fun memories of visiting my family in Italy. They used to live in Genoa, which is like a shipping port. Um, and it's right by like Cinque Terre and just the food is so gorgeous. The weather's nice and it's not really a typical tourist place. So that's definitely my favorite place that my parents have ever lived, but there's so many amazing places in Europe to go visit. So here we are, like, I can hear now, the wind is rustling outside, it's freezing cold, and now we cast us memories of summers in the Italian coast with nice food. Yes. It all feels so horribly <laughs> far away. Um, I know. <laughs> the last thing, we'll get <clears throat> Durham this season, let's talk, you know, brass tacks. You guys, three and six in the league, you know, you're just sitting in the last playoff place. It's, you know, it's been a good one over Caledonia uh, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, there's been a bit of up and downs with the coach. Lee was away. And Matt came, stepped in. Now Lee's back. What What do you look for now with you know the second half of the season approaching? Yeah, well, I think that the girls have done such an amazing job, kind of handling um, the situations that have been thrown at them. And I think it's right now it's just about enjoying playing together and enjoying everything they've achieved so far. And if we're having fun, we're going to win. You know, the team chemistry is there. Um, we're working hard. Um, and we're just focused on kind of sealing our spot and showing that Durham is is a good team in the league and we, we shouldn't be sitting where we are. And we're excited to to kind of play out. We've still got quite a few games left, so hoping to kind of build upon the momentum that we ha- we currently have. Is that a nice little battle? Because, I mean, we look at probably the top five are going to be the top five, but below that, mm-hmm. everyone's within, you know, five games of one another. It's, you know, it's, it's all mm-hmm. up for grabs. And I know we talk about the team that's going to win the league and we know that yeah you know that's going to be mm-hmm. you know probably another unbeaten season but you know there is a good little scrap that at the bottom end that everyone can kind of watch and with with fascination oh yeah i mean we have a really big month ahead of us um so we're just excited to keep working hard and and focusing on what we need to do and trying to get a few more wins but yeah it it should be an interesting league and it's kind of everything is still sort of up in the air with where people are going to end up placing which is quite fun to watch 
Arsenal, it's always good. Uh, next weekend, you've got Cardiff at home, February 18th, 1 o'clock. You're in the vicinity of Durham. Be there if you're an international student and you want to watch basketball. There's a great place to go, northeast of England. <laughs> Harriet will welcome you there yeah. with open arms. Um, Harriet, always a pleasure. Um, enjoy the travels, enjoy the hoops, and um, enjoy life and enjoy Super Bowl. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. That is it for this edition of the MVP cast. Don't forget you can get all our previous editions at our website at mvp247.com or you can head to your favourite podcast provider or you can ask your smart device. There's many of those available. Pick whichever one you choose. If you want to get in touch with me, and we're always glad to hear from you, you can get me on Twitter at Mark Ripple. But another edition of the podcast coming very, very soon for me, Mark Woods. Thank you as always for listening and it's goodbye.